0: Hello, this is Fiona Cuthbertson coming for the pod to record another episode of Off the Cuff. This week we're lucky enough to have Amanda Soloway MP. Amanda has been the MP for Derby North since 2019, having previously served from 2015 to 2017. Before entering Parliament, she worked in retail, specialising in fast-moving consumer goods and clothing. She stands up for her constituents by leading local campaigns on issues like homelessness and mental health, whilst also serving as Government Whip and Parliamentary Undersecretary of State, Minister for Energy, Consumers and Affordability at the Department for Energy, Security and Net Zero. Welcome, Amanda. Hello. Lovely to be here. Thank you very much. So, firstly, can you tell us about your political journey and what made you want to become an MP? Oh, gosh. Well, Fiona, I'm not quite sure how long you've got. Thinking back
1: to when I was maybe eight or nine, went to an event. I'm sure there's a raffle there. There tends to be when you have a Conservative event. It was Ken Clark who was the MP and he was talking and describing what it was like to be a Member of Parliament. And I thought, oh, wow, that sounds like a really fantastic job. But what tends to happen in life, as I'm sure lots of people know, is life hijacks you. And for lots and lots of different reasons, I didn't really manage to realise my ambition to my early 50s. I wish I'd done it before, not too far before, because I think life experience is really important. The biggest block up my ambition was confidence. I just genuinely didn't believe that I could do it. And it was when my daughters got older and when I thought to myself, do you know what, I've got nothing to lose, I'm going to give it my best shot. And I found myself winning by 41 in
0: 2015. And how did your previous career as a retailer prepare you for becoming an MP?
1: So I had a, an extensive career in retail, actually, as you, you've probably seen from my sort of bios. I started in an off-license when I was 16. And then when I was 18, went to Sainsbury's on a management training scheme. And then I went to help the aged in the retail department, then uh, say the children in the retail department, and then subsequently into manufacturing company from, from an HR and learning and development. So just because you're in a retail environment doesn't necessarily mean that you're always got a retail career. There's lots of richness in the roles that you can have. And that's what you need. Life experience, I think, in order to be a good MP and really understand what it is that your constituents want and need from you. I remember when I was 16 uh, going into an off-licence and obviously I couldn't serve alcohol. I remember working really hard, just getting on my hands and knees, clean the floors and do whatever they said. When I left to go to Sainsbury's, they said something that stayed with me for the rest of my life, really, which was, If you work as hard as this then you will always succeed and I've not always had the best jobs but I've always tried really hard at those jobs and I think that in itself has been a reward and enabled me to go on and be successful in my career.
0: I was going to ask next what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career so can you tell us a little bit more about overcoming this confidence issue that you say you have and also being a woman in a man's environment?
1: I have always been a woman in a man's environment, but I don't tend to get bogged down with that. It should be on merit and we be judged for the excellent jobs that we know that women can do. I guess if I reflect back on that question, I consider myself quite resilient and a lot of that comes to my upbringing. My mum was an alcoholic who was also addicted to prescription drugs. And that meant that I had a very chaotic childhood, certainly from the age of maybe 13 onwards, when my hormones kicked in as well. And I'm sure I must have been horrible to live with. But, you know, you'd, you'd have had somebody who's suffering very much from mental health issues and then obviously myself not understanding, because it's very difficult when you're a teenager to understand. So one of the things I think that taught me was to try and be a little bit more tolerant. And Actually, that bit of determination. I love music and music for me is a great source of comfort. And sometimes, however bad things get, you just have to try and believe in yourself. And if you can do that, if in sometimes in all the darkness, in all the chaos that's happening, if you can just believe in yourself, then that is a really powerful gift to have. But it's really difficult access, and I know it's, it's very hard, having been in different places myself. But that is the biggest thing, if you can be gentle to yourself and believe in yourself, it's a, it's a fantastic gift to have.
0: So if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be?
1: Do you mean career-wise, or do you mean personality-wise, or do you mean in my life? Whichever you think. So of all the things I would want to be remembered for, it would be being a good mother and a good grandmother. Because for me, family is the most important thing.
0: You mentioned briefly your chaotic childhood. Has that influenced your work as an MP and the concentration on mental health issues?
1: Absolutely, 100%. I believe that when we have a position of privilege that we should use it. And I've had a fantastic platform to be able to talk about mental health issues standing there you know first of all being selected by my party then being selected by Derby North Conservatives and then being selected by the Derby North constituents was just such a proud moment and then standing and doing my maiden speech was absolutely incredible and I used that moment to talk about my mum my very very beautiful mum that I didn't understand and I wish I had known better but also really sadly my cousin he sadly killed himself and he was only 36 and I use that moment as well, because one of the things we have to be aware of is that young men in particular, they do take their lives at an early age. And when we talk to people and we can say to somebody, how are you? We have to really mean it. And when they say they say fine, sometimes they may not might not mean fine. And one of the, my great things I try and do is talk about mental health issues with the hope that it even just reaches one person who may, as a result of it, want go and find some help and someone to talk to and gain some kind of peace. But it's very complicated, and that is to say a great privilege from an MP's point of view.
0: Again, you've done a lot of work on homelessness. What has driven you to concentrate on that issue?
1: When we talk about homelessness, a home is obviously a place of sanctuary. And I work very closely with Derby Homes in my constituency to try and support people having a good home environment. But of course, it's not just about the place. It's also about having somewhere where you are with your family. And I wasn't able to stay at home when I was 17 or 18 but I do remember what it was like when my friends very kindly opened up their home for me and I was able to, what they call nowadays sofa surfing, I'm not quite sure we even had a name for it at the time. And so therefore, I think it's around thinking about the complex needs of people. I think the YMCA do fantastic work. We've got so many good places in Derby that we do lots of really good work from a roof sleeping point of view. So I just think let's really try and do our best for those who aren't as fortunate as us or even to have a support network.
0: And do you feel the issues locally have changed since you were an MP first?
1: So I was an MP in 2015 for two years. And then obviously I lost my seat and then came back in 2019. And the single biggest thing that's happened is not of my making. It was COVID. And COVID had a massive impact. And even though we feel as though we're away from that now undeniably, the impact that it had on people's lives, the impact it had on young children growing up at that time, some of whom didn't go to nursery, the impact it had on children who didn't go to school, the impact it had on young adults from a university point of view. And then, of course, from the work environment and from people feeling lonely and isolated. So it had a massive impact. And then it had an impact on our economy and and the NHS as well. So it's been a a fascinating time to be in in politics. And although we are a couple of years on now from Covid, that was probably the single most significant thing to happen.
0: Absolutely. And you mentioned, obviously, that you served between 2015 and 17 before returning to Parliament in 2019. What was it like to regain the seat?
1: (laughs) Well, let me first of all tell you what it was like to lose it because it was... Absolutely devastating. It's a brutal world that we are in in politics. In 2015, I wasn't an MP. I walked into the count and it emerged as an MP after, I think it was four recounts. And then on the Monday, literally walking through the door as a member of parliament because you were instantly that, say, as soon as the results announced. And then as brutally, you lose your seat. And so you're no longer the MP. You literally just move all your stuff out. And then to get elected again in 2019, it was just absolutely incredible because I just didn't feel as though I had finished the work that I'd started in Derby North as you say lots of things around mental health but other things as well celebrating the great things that we have in Derby so I didn't feel as though I'd finished so winning again it was like oh fantastic it was it was just brilliant
0: and you're very active in the campaign to ensure Derby became the location for Great British Railways. so you must be pleased that the government is going to legislate on this
1: Yes. So so the Great British Railway Headquarters was a really important... In fact, if we had visual vision, as you can see, I've got even got the poster behind me, which says I'm backing Derby. Really important, because what I want to do, what I'm constantly striving to do, and I, again, I mentioned actually in my maiden speech about having Derby at the heart of everything that we do, is I really want to put Derby on the map. We have lots of brilliant things to celebrate. We've got lots of good businesses, we've got fantastic people, we've got small businesses, larger multinational businesses, and we are just a fantastic place to live, work and play. And having the Great British Railway Headquarters coming to Derby will be absolutely fantastic because it will definitely firmly put us on the map around an industry which is the heart of Derby in any case. So it just made sense.
0: Absolutely. And looking forward, it's hard for a party that's been in power for as long as the Conservatives have. So what do you feel the government needs to do to pull back in the polls?
1: It's always difficult. As you say, you've been in government for a long time. There are lots of things that we're we doing. You've seen Rishi's five-point plan. You've seen the, the pledges. We're heading in the right direction, things like the economy. We're definitely working there on the economy. There are challenges. As I've said, from an NHS point of view, we know the impact that COVID has. But from my point of view, the one message that I want to say loud and clear, Fiona, is I absolutely do my very best for the people of Derby. And right from the moment that I was elected in 2015, until I was no longer able to do it in 2017. From the minute from 2019, my pledge was to do the very best for every single person in Derby North. And that is what I I believe I have done. That is what I'm still striving to do.
0: Yes. Yeah, so and my next question was going to be that if you were running the election campaign, what would you do to make sure that you touch the people and get their votes? Obviously, as you say, you spend a lot of time in your local area. So what are you going to be focusing on when the election is called?
1: So for me, Fiona, it's not about when the election is called, it's about the ongoing plan that I have, the ongoing way that I work, and I constantly engage and work with the people of Derby. You've seen the battle that I did, as you mentioned, the Great British Railway Headquarters, absolutely crucial. We had something like the pub competition that we did last year, and the reason why that was so successful, not because I had a drink in every pub, because I didn't, but the impact that we had when we were going to the pubs was that was our reach, and we had people coming from Derby and Leicestershire trying out the brilliant pub in Derby. But I also had the landlords and landladies coming over to me and saying, this is fantastic. This is a campaign that has genuinely boosted our business. So that's the kind of thing that I am not doing. It's because it's an exceptional year. I'm doing it because every year matters and every day matters. And everything I do, I always try and make sure that I am consistent in my work with all of the people in, in Derby North.
0: Absolutely. There is this myth that MPs only work where in the chamber, but we all know that that's not the case, having been involved with politics for so long. So what would you say about your diary to those people who are listening and how busy it is?
1: It's right that an MP splits their time between London and, of course, in their constituency. And we are in London to pass legislation. It's a really important part of what all MPs do. And those debates are absolutely crucial. However, I mean, I liken the role of an MP in a way in terms of hours to being maybe in the clergy or in the cloth because I just never, never, I'm not the MP. So at any time, whether I'm going shopping, whether I'm whatever I'm doing, if I'm out for a run, well, I'm not at the run for a minute because I've hurt my knee, but whatever I'm doing, I am always the MP. And therefore, I am always there on people's side, wherever I am, whatever I'm, I'm doing. And we have a policy, and I'm sure most MPs do this as well, that we are contactable at at all times. And so we're always there to help people because there could be an emergency. It could be somebody's got trapped overseas. It could be an emergency that somebody's having in a personal point of view. So you never stop.
0: Do you think social media will impact people's decisions regarding future elections?
1: Social media plays an important part.
0: I have an active
1: social media presence. Clearly, it's an equal playing field. We all have an opportunity to use social media. What I would say is we should never use social media in a negative way. I am hopeful. That what will happen is as we get closer towards the the general election, that everybody stays fair and and doesn't start to use social media as a platform to knock people or to spread or to say things that aren't true. That's where it can become very dangerous if Mm -hmm. social media is used against family and also against people's officers. So there is a fine line but used positively to demonstrate the good work that people are doing. I think it's a a good tool. You know, there's there's obviously lots of different uh, types of social media that can be used and we, we use all of it, though my TikTok presence isn't that big, I have to say. My Snapchat presence is even
0: smaller. And what do you think the world will look like in five years' time? In five years' time? Well,
1: I'm an eternal optimist. I think... One of the things we need to really think about is the environment we've seen, you know, in particularly in Derby, we've had uh, lots of flooding occurring and obviously lots of meetings with the environmental agency and other, other important people thinking about how we tackle those challenges. I think from a world point of view, we really, all of us have an obligation to really think about the green economy, think about all those green skills, think about everything that will enable us to go forward and hopefully stop all the the harsh things that we're doing to the environment. But I'm always optimistic, you know, we move on, I think technology will pay a greater part as well. So I I think there's lots of things to look forward to.
0: I was going to ask next, what gives you the most hope for the next generation?
1: I really do think that we have to invest in our children. And that's why when you ask me what's most important to me, it's family. But it's actually about how we educate and support people. So I think education is absolutely crucial. And if we're educating people at a young age and we're really supporting them, I think if we get that right, then the knock-on effect is that we end up supporting everybody through all of those generations. Did girl guiding for twenty years, I was school governor for twenty years. I just I just think education is just so important because it leads on to everything else as well.
0: And finally, where can people go to learn more about you? The medium I use the
1: most is definitely Facebook, where I try to keep it as informative as possible. So that that would be my recommendation. I use Twitter, but it's a different kind of medium. So I would say, you know, you you look at Facebook to find out what I'm doing or contact my office if you you want anything, any details. If there's anybody in Derby North wants to have a meeting, delighted to do that. If anybody wants to come down to London from Derby North, do that as well. Or if there's just any event that you'd like me to come along to or any issue that you have, just basically just contact my office. And that's what we're here for, just to be helpful,
0: supportive
1: in any way that we can.
0: And on that, we've reached the end of another podcast. Thank you so much, Amanda, for being so very open with our listeners. And thank you to the listeners who've hopefully enjoyed the show as much as we've enjoyed making it. If you have any questions regarding the podcast today, please feel free to comment. If you think it's worth coming back, please like and subscribe. If you feel you need something to tide you over to the next podcast, please buy my book Party Games on Amazon. And on that note, I'll see you next time. Have a good week, one and all.